Welcome to Unite Immigrant Families. I'm Rosemary Vega, an immigration attorney with over 20 years of experience uniting and keeping families together. If you are looking for immigration information, stick around and listen to me and my fellow immigration attorneys as we discuss what's new and debunk myths. Please note, this is not legal advice and no legal advice will be given on this podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Unite Immigrant Families. Today we have very good friend and esteemed immigration lawyer, Elizabeth Mendoza. Hi, Liz. How are you doing today? Hi, Rosemary. I'm great. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, Liz, you know, I have been, a lot of people have come up to me and asked me, what is TPS? And that's our topic today, TPS. Um, And so I've gotten a lot of people come up to me because they're hearing it on the news, especially with everything with Ukraine and Afghanistan and now Cameroon. Um, So what can you tell us? Tell us, what is TPS? So TPS stands for Temporary Protected Status, and it's a very important humanitarian tool that the federal government can use to help people in the United States who are from a country that's experiencing Uh, a particular crisis that the government considers to be so serious that they they will not send uh, people back to that country um, for a certain period of time until that crisis back home in some way improves. And the the crisis could be multiple things. It could be a civil war, It could be a natural disaster like an earthquake or a hurricane. Uh, It could be maybe civil strife, but it has to be something that it's really, really serious. It's countrywide. Um, And because of that situation, our government decides to extend some assistance, some temporary assistance to people in the United States. So they don't have to worry about possibly being deported to their home country when there's this awful situation going on back home. So Liz, um, TPS, you say the government can, can give this and how, who give, who gives it? Is it, does it have to pass through Congress or how does this work? So it's the department of Homeland security through citizenship and immigration services that uh, decides which countries will be designated for TPS relief. And then it's Citizenship and Immigration Services that actually administers the program, um, tells people how to apply, what the process is, what the filing fees are, et cetera. So so that's usually who are the players in in administering that, that kind of help. Okay, okay. And... So it's it's USCIS who does who does this. Okay. And so recently I've heard about TPS for Ukraine. Right. And then we heard about TPS for Afghanistan. Right. And then I recently heard about TPS for Cameroon. Right. So Is TPS available to like anyone? No, it most definitely is not. So the examples that you just gave um, are 
the countries that you just listed rather uh, are examples of when our government thinks that there's a situation in a particular country that is so dire that it that it merits humanitarian relief for those countrymen here in the United States. So for example, in Afghanistan, we all know what's happening. Uh, the government that we were supporting collapsed and now the Taliban is in power and people who, and we evacuated, you know, a little over 75,000 Afghans. Um, so because of that crisis in the country, um, we have designated a TPS program for people from Afghanistan. Um, Cameroon, um, there is just a tremendous amount of civil strife um, ongoing in Cameroon between um, different conflicting political and ethnic groups in the country. Um, so it's created just a very dire humanitarian crisis in Cameroon. Um, Ukraine, we all know what's happening in Ukraine. Ukraine's been invaded by Russia. And so you've got millions of people who are fleeing the country, looking for refuge. Um, you have other countries like Venezuela, uh, El Salvador, Haiti, Nicaragua, Sudan, uh, Burma, Syria. And so these are examples of countries where there's just something really, really dire happening in that part of the world. And they have their countrymen here in the United States. And so we're telling people from those countries, we're not going to send you back right now. It's not temp it's not permanent. I mean, the name of the program, the first word of the name of the program is temporary. Yeah. So it's temporary protected status. And how long? So once once DHS, the government designates a country. So I'm going to use Ukraine because that's probably the most popular country that we're hearing about right now for TPS. So, so the government has designated Ukraine for TPS. How long can they have TPS? So the typical uh, period for relief in TPS is 18 months. And then it's it's our government that decides whether to extend that 18 month period or not. We have some people uh, in certain temporary protected status programs that have received extensions for many years, which, you know, critics of the program say, you know, there's nothing temporary about somebody in a, in a TPS program for 20 years. Um, and then there are other people that, you know, are in TPS programs that, you know, they're, they're new. So we don't know, you know, how long will TPS for Ukraine last? How many extensions will they get? But, um, but it's usually an 18 month period. And so if I have a client who's from Ukraine, they can apply for TPS status. Is that correct? Yes, they have to meet, you know, requirements. So, you know, these are immigration cases that require that the applicant meet certain guidelines and comply with certain requirements. So all TPS programs require that the person show that they are a citizen or national of that country that's been designated for TPS relief. And they have to show that they've been physically present in the United States from a certain date. And they have to subject themselves to background checks as part of the application process. So 
I think the cutoff, uh, I think the, the date for Ukraine, I believe is April or March. I think the same thing for Afghanistan. Um, and then, you know, the other TPS programs obviously have dates far, you know, further, further in the past. Okay. So they had to have been present in the United States on a certain date that is provided by the, when they designated. So let's say, for example, Ukraine, Um, you have to show that you've been in the United States since April the 11th of this year. So if you arrive in the United States from Ukraine after April 11th, you're not eligible for TPS. If you were in the United States April 11th or before, you would be eligible for TPS. Right. So, and then they have a certain amount of time to read, to apply, correct? Right. So there's always, you know, when the TPS programs are announced, the government always announces what the requirement process, it, what the, uh, the requirements are to process your case. And they always announce when the deadline is to file your application. So it's never, you know, this open-ended application process. There's this very definite deadline by when you have to register or you miss your opportunity to enroll in the program. And so I guess a good example is if I, let's say I am a person from, I'm going to give an old example or another country. Let's talk about Venezuela. Um, So if I am a client, if I'm a person from Venezuela and TPS was designated and then all of a sudden I, but I entered, let's say Venezuela, you had to have entered. I don't remember what it was. I think it was September of 20. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm taking a look at that now for Venezuela. You have to show you were in the United States as of March the 8th, uh, 2021. So, and if I came in July, does You're that mean eligible. I, right. So I'm not eligible to apply for TPS. Right. So when the government states you have to be in, in, in the United States as of this date, what they're saying is everybody, for example, we'll use Venezuela, everyone in the United States from Venezuela who is here up to this date, they can apply. And of course, there are other requirements that they have to comply with. But after that date, if you arrived in the country after that particular date, unfortunately, you're not going to be eligible. Right. Even one day. Even one day. Yep. That's, that's it. So, and so what, I know there's a whole bunch of countries that are um, listed for TPS. Yes. And some that come to mind are El Salvador. Correct. Uh, I think Haiti, because Haiti's had some, uh, you know, really horrible events happen. Right. Right. Um, We talked about Ukraine. We talked about Venezuela, Afghanistan, Cameroon. trying to think what other countries so so let me read them out um, okay. so we've got burma or myanmar mm-hmm. el salvador haiti honduras nepal nicaragua 
Somalia, Sudan, South Sudan, Syria, Ukraine, Venezuela, Yemen, and add to this list, Cameroon. So these okay. are the countries. And as you can, you know, and you hear these countries and, you know, at least us who, who are immigration attorneys and work with these things every day, you know, we can tell right away, oh, okay, we know why Somalia was designated for TPS. It's not because of a natural disaster. It's because of political civil strife that's so dire that, you know, a lot of people's lives are in danger. Yeah. Whereas a country like Haiti or Honduras or El Salvador, those TPS programs are tied to a natural disaster situation. Yeah. Yeah. And so part of designating TPS, um, so let's, let's take Afghanistan, for instance. We know that the government, the U.S. government has already said, we're going to give Afghanistan the TPS, those who are here. But can they apply for TPS right now? Uh, for people from Afghanistan, not yet. We're still waiting for the government to announce uh, when the registration period will start. They haven't announced that yet. Uh, we're waiting. Hopefully, it won't be too much longer. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I noticed with Ukraine, they did the same. They said, oh, we're designating Ukraine. But then it took about a couple of months before they actually put out the the federal register so and the information so that we know when the registration period is. So, right. So we're, we're still we're still waiting on Afghanistan. Hopefully it won't be that much longer. So we know TPS is temporary. It's and but it could be temporary for many years. Correct. But it's still temporary, right? Correct. Um, so does that mean that when TPS ends, those people have to leave the United States? For many people, that's exactly what it would mean. For other people, depending on what things have developed in their personal lives, they may have other legal options that have arisen for them that might help them be able to stay in the United States in legal status. And for other people, there are no other options. The only relief that they had is TPS. And if they no longer have it, then, you know, they find themselves obviously in a very delicate situation. Yeah. Um, I wanted, wanted to ask, when somebody is on TPS, can they travel? They can apply for a travel permit. Um, that's called a, a, an advanced parole. So there's an entire application process that exists for people to request permission to travel. It's not guaranteed. It's not automatic. It's at the discretion of the government to approve that request or not. But they are eligible to request it. Okay. And if they do are able to get this advanced parole, are they able to travel to their home country? Yes, they can. Uh, whether it's advisable for them to do so, it's that that's another issue. But yes. Okay. Okay. So we I talked about El Salvador because El Salvador has had TPS for many, many, many years, right. and then I understand that they were going to uh, stop designating El Salvador as TPS. TPS for El Salvador was going to end. Um, but then there was some sort of lawsuit. Right. So, uh, yeah. Can you tell us what's going on with TPS for El Salvador now? Sure. So the prior administration, the administration before President Biden, um, 
announced that it was ending TPS for El Salvador, uh, actually, and also Honduras and Haiti. Um, and then the prior administration was sued in federal court um, to try and stop the, the prior administration from actually following through with its announcement to end the program. And as a result of that lawsuit, there's litigation pending um, that has stopped the ending of those programs. So TPS for El Salvador in particular is only still in existence because of a lawsuit. Um, and we don't know when the lawsuit will be concluded. We don't know who will prevail in the lawsuit. But as of right now, uh, TPS for Salvadorans is only still in existence as a result of the federal lawsuit. So do they still have to reapply if their uh, work permit has expired? Do they have to reapply for TPS or how does that work? They don't have to. Um, their, the validity of their work permit has been extended, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe until this December. They have the ability to pay, to request and pay to the government, to request of the government and to pay for an actual work permit card that would show uh, an expiration date at the end of this year. Uh, but technically, they don't have to do that. They could print a notice from CIS's site and show that, for example, to employers yeah. or to Department of Public Safety to explain that the status that they have has been extended, even though the plastic card that they have has a date that's already passed. Um, so that's the situation for those folks as far as their work permit. Yeah, and I, I, I've done that where I've printed the, the information from the website and, and told the client, hopefully this will work uh, to extend your um, driver's license. Right. So, yeah. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, the problem that some people in TPS have is with the human resources office at the, you know, business where they may be employed, where, you know, understandably, you know, those people, they're not immigration lawyers and they either don't have the time or the training, understanding, knowledge to understand some of these notices. Um, and so it can become a challenge. Yeah. For people. So in that yeah. situation. Yeah. I have another question, Liz. So you talked about people who have TPS. We have, they have TPS and TPS is a, an actual status, correct? That is correct. If you have TPS, you are in lawful status in the United States. It's kind of the equivalent of being here with a visa. Yeah. So they're not accruing unlawful presence, which is wonderful, correct? They're not accruing unlawful presence, although it's kind of a, a complicated situation because they're considered to be here in lawful status. Uh, again, you know, to use this in a comparison, as if you had entered with a visa. However, and not to get too technical, people who enter with a visa are called, uh, we use the word admitted. Uh, they were admitted to the United States. They showed up at an airport or a land port of entry, and they had a visa in their passport, and they showed it to an immigration inspector, and they were admitted. People in TPS are not considered to have been admitted 
just because they're in TPS. So on the one hand, they're granted this lawful status for the duration that they're in the program, but it's not considered the same thing as having been legally admitted to the United States. And so that can be problematic um, depending on what other legal options the person might want to pursue. Uh, that factor can become kind of like tricky for them. Right. So TPS, you can't um, adjust your status based on having TPS. Right. Just simply by stating, well, I'm in TPS. Um, consider me to have been legally admitted to this country. So I want to adjust status. You cannot successfully argue that. Now, if somebody in TPS obtained a travel permit and used it um, and returned using that permit, that may create an opportunity for them to adjust their status. And even then, we still have some issues regarding, okay, the date that the person used the travel permit and is the date that they used it going to be a challenge for them to be able to adjust status? Right, because there was a case, um, I don't remember if it was last year or maybe two years by now, um, that basically said it had to have been used by, I think it was August 20th. Right, it, that that case is called Matter of ZRZC, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. and you're, you're correct, Rosemary, about the date. It's uh, August 20, I believe, 2020? Yes. So if your travel, if you're in TPS and your travel was before that date, that that trip will help you. If it's after that date, it might not. So but there's been developments in, in that as well. Yeah. So let me just give you a, a little example. Let's say I am from, uh, let's say I'm from El Salvador and I marry a U.S. citizen, but my initial entry to the United States was unlawful. But then I get TPS and I got TPS fairly quickly when I arrived. And so, but now I'm married to a U.S. citizen. If, if that, those are the facts, I'm not able to adjust my status in the United States, correct? Correct. However, if I traveled on advanced parole prior to August 20th, 2020, then that might give me an avenue. Correct. So, yeah. And then... After August 20th, 2020, there's other complications. Correct. <laughs> okay. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So TPS can be great for a temporary fix, but it's not an end-all be-all for, for many people. It, it is not, which is why, you know, many advocates are hoping that Congress will pass legislation to provide relief to people who have been in these programs um, for quite a while. Um, because again, I mean, 20 years isn't what most people would consider to be something temporary. Right. Um, and so, you know, you're here for 20 years and, you know, many people start, you know, they, they build lives. They work, they pay taxes, they buy homes, their kids go to school, they have kids born here, they start businesses. Yeah. And, and no. I want to talk really briefly before we're almost at the end of time, but I want to talk to you about the Afghan situation because we have the Afghanistan TPS. However, again, TPS is temporary. 
And many of these people who are from Afghanistan, they can't go back to Afghanistan. They're, you know, um, so they have a different regime. It's not democracy anymore. So they're not going to be able to go back to Afghanistan. So, um, and what if they don't really qualify for asylum or another form of relief and TPS is temporary? What about them? So that is the $64,000 question. Um, So all of the Afghans here in the United States are humanitarian parolees. They were were, um, brought into the United States and given a legal status called humanitarian parole. And they were given that parole status for a two-year period. And that status is very similar to TPS. It's temporary protection from being deported It gives you a work permit, gives you the opportunity to apply for a travel permit, um, and it's temporary. It's going to end. Uh, The government can extend it, but, you know, the applicant doesn't control if the government's going to extend the program or not. So it's going to be very interesting to see how our government treats these 75,000 plus people that we evacuated. Uh, because they were our partners and allies in Afghanistan. They put their lives in danger to support our military efforts in their country. So the question is going to be, you know, if if you're here with this parole status and then the TPS program opens up, do you apply for TPS? Um, Is it necessary? Should you, you know, do you wait? Do you try to stagger? Uh, being enrolled in these different programs. And so these are open-ended questions as of right now. I mean, there's really not, it's a very fluid situation. So it's it's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. And Liz, I had heard a rumor that Congress was maybe looking into doing something for these particular uh, Afghans who were evacuated and on on parole because they can't go back to their country and they may not have strong asylum cases. And, you know, that would also put a burden on our asylum system. So, you know, I heard something, but not, I haven't, it, like I said, it's a rumor. So I haven't seen anything. I have not seen a bill. Um, but it, what I heard was it might be similar to something um, like uh because they entered, and as long as they don't have any arrests or convictions, maybe they'll be able to get a green card that way. But like I said, it's purely rumor, and I have not seen a bill out yet. Right. So um, ditto. Uh, I've heard the exact same thing, Rosemary. Um, that what you're referring to is what people are calling the Af- uh, the Afghan Adjustment Act. Um, I have not seen any language of a proposed bill. Um, I've heard that there are different advocacy groups um, who are very uh, interested in the Afghan situation, who are trying to touch base with different players in the government to try and get something advanced. But I have not heard that there's any you know, bill that's been filed in Congress to try and formalize this. So I think there's a lot of advocacy that needs to be done to try and advance that, because I think it would be the quickest, simplest way to try and provide permanent relief to the people that we evacuated and that we brought to the United States because of the help that they provided us. Yeah. Yeah. And 
you know, people can contact their congressmen to try to advocate and talk to them about TPS, about, you know, the Afghan situation, about anything. So I do encourage uh, people to contact their congress Congress people to to discuss these issues. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, especially people who might have um, maybe like a direct link to Afghanistan. Perhaps you know you're you know there's there's a veteran who served in Afghanistan, or you're the parent or the spouse, or you know somebody who served there, and you can you know, you have firsthand knowledge of what you saw there, what you experienced, and maybe help that you got from, you know, maybe your interpreter or, you know, a soldier who was, you know, patrolling right alongside you. And now they're here and they need our help. Um, so, it, you know, I think people who have that um, direct experience, they could share it with their members of Congress would be giving some very compelling um information um to to our political leaders and hopefully it would it would it would advance it would advance the cause to help give these people a permanent solution yep yep well liz we are out of time thank you so much for being here i really appreciate it thank you rosemary and if you all have any questions or uh comments you can always reach us at unite immigrant families at gmail.com thank you bye-bye Thank you for listening to Unite Immigrant Families. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want more information about me or my guest, please email me at uniteimmigrantfamilies at gmail.com. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. I hope you join us on this bi-weekly podcast. No legal advice was provided and none will ever be provided on this podcast.